Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome boys and girls to another episode of Masala PTI. Here's your host uh, Arvind Srinivasan and Ravi Krishnan. Ravi, what's uh, what's happening with the cards, man? I know we start every week, it looks like, with the same concern. But uh, I just wanted to talk, just to expand the conversation a little bit, not to bore the non-cards fans away. There's a bunch of one and three teams that are very interesting to me. Not supposed to be one and three. Cards and Carolina Panthers being the top two that comes to mind. What's going on other than just the NFL parity? Do you, do you think the Arizona Cardinals are done or am I overreacting? I hope you are overreacting, uh, Arvind. I am just uh, uh, crestfallen. I'm just depressed with the way they have started. And mm-hmm. it seems like even though they were one and two, like for example, this past weekend, even though they were one and two, they, it seems like assumed that they were much better than the Rams. The way that they were playing, uh, it exuded a lot of uh, false bravado, which doesn't befit a team that is one and two. And I see Carolina in the same boat, wherein it seems like uh, the Panthers are, you know, it feels like they're not driving in full gear. Mm-hmm. So to me, both these teams, I don't think they are done at all. I'm not saying it because of the Arizona bias. I don't think they are done, but it almost seems like they'll have to reel reel off a bunch of wins in a row in order to even you know come to parity with the rest of uh, the yeah. divisional uh, compatriots. Yeah, I think they are not done, especially Arizona. I feel like if not that Carson Palmer was playing great, but I feel like they could have probably still won if he was around the entire game. Would, would you agree? Last week? I mean, it was a close game. Um, but I feel like they could have still won if he was around. That would have put them at 2-2, two two, which is not great. They're definitely better than 1-3. and three. Yeah, that's the... By the way, that's the problem, though. I, mean, I think, yes, I do think they may have won. I don't know if they would have. They may have won. But that's the problem I have, which is... Uh, uh, Stanton looks awful. I mean, and yeah. Carson hasn't. I mean, Palmer hasn't good. I mean, looked good either. But it kind of exposes what I remember. Either Pro Football Focus or CBS Sports had done a summer evaluation of different teams' quarterbacks, and the Cardinals were ranked 25th. And candidly, the loser I am, that I am, I was like, you know, they're just again as you as usual devaluing Arizona teams. They have Carson Palmer. But it almost makes sense now. I mean, he looks brittle. Yeah. Now that he is doubtful or whatever it is, his status is, at least he's uncertain. Stanton inspires zero confidence in me that they are going to win against San Francisco. And then they signed the third guy. Who I can't even, I don't even know who they are. I don't know where <laughs> these guys get their backup quarterback from. You know, you, your favorite guy, Ryan Lindley. Yeah. Um, and now... Stanton, and then this third guy there picked up the practice squad. These are like complete no-names. And I mean, not that backup quarterbacks are Hall of Famers, but at least other teams have 
people like you know Brian Hoyer or Sean Hill. You've heard those names, right? Yeah. And I don't know where Bruce Arians gets his guys. I don't know either. And on that point, and because you mentioned Carolina, something comes to mind. I thought Derek Anderson looked half decent in the in the mop up duty that he did. Again, we her. we know that name, right? I mean, if, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and then, and if you remember, he was kicked out of Arizona for being bad. Exactly, and the the problem I see is. For Carolina, that you know, Atlanta looks legit, and that division looks legit. You look at the NFC West. I'm a little confused. I mean, Rams are sitting on top, and they yeah. they were shut out by uh, Niners of all people on in week one, right? So it's like completely upside down right now. And uh, if Palmer doesn't play Thursday, then are we looking at one and four? Um, it's uh, then you know at that point you have to say they they probably will, will be a uphill climb to make it to the playoffs and that would be disappointing to say the least. Exactly. See, any team that is one and four, uh, even if they uh, you know get to peak performance, you're still talking about a couple of potential slides down the road. So let's say they finish ten and six at best. I'm saying that's. in the nfc no guarantee for a wild card slot so yeah. i think this game so early in the season though it is i do think it's a must win yeah uh, did we say the same thing about the rams game last week i don't know i think i think i may, because just as i was saying that sentence i felt a sense of deja vu and then that then i realized that i probably uttered the same thing last week yes yes now the you know the the challenge for uh, any nfl team i was joking to, with somebody yesterday that uh, even before arizona is not even good long enough that even before people can jump on the bandwagon the, the, they start losing actually so they were good last year and there was all this hype this year but this nfl parity is such a big reason for its popularity but it's also brutal right it just goes like that i mean i wouldn't be surprised if these two teams both carolina and arizona miss the playoffs right would, would we be shocked i mean a lot of nf super bowl losers don't even make it back to the playoffs and no, i know and it is and the parity number one it is shocking not just uh, in terms of uh, or as a result of players switching teams during the off season it is just the plain fact that in football the experts are so likely to be wrong in yeah. their preseason predictions uh, we've talked about carolina and arizona two supposed contenders being a combined 2 and 6 on the other hand minnesota and the eagles whom you and i made fun of as well for that sam bradford deal i mean right. on opposite sides but either right. ways we were joking about how both of them seem to be playing for next year yeah. are 7 and 0 i mean that's just ridiculous basically they have taken the spot of these two teams right in some that's way that's right it's amazing yeah. and and you know it changes just like that and parity is completely unpredictable uh usually it's because of the hot salary cap and forcing a lot of people out right The problem with Arizona is uh, they lost a few people, but it's not even like there was a huge talent turnover. Now with Carolina, they 
I was shocked they let go of cornerback Josh Norman, right? And, you know, right on cue, Julio Jones just burnt them, absolutely destroyed them last uh, weekend. And, you know, Josh Norman should have had fun watching that game more than playing in his own game. Um, that was an amazing performance by Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Yeah. In Carolina's case, I agree. I think the personnel losses, like Josh Norman being an example, I think seem to have affected. In the case of Arizona, and that's what I find especially disheartening, it's not like they've lost anyone major. On the contrary, they signed uh, Mathis, Evan Mathis, to further bolster their O-line, and I know he got injured. But on paper, their offensive line was regarded as one of the best and now after a one and three start everyone's talking about how they're not blocking as well to me uh, arvind and i'll come to this a little bit more in the paka five uh, topics that we have for today mm-hmm. i maybe am doubting bruce arians's uh, whole coaching hype i mean i am no longer sure that he's that good it just seems like again a lot of braggadocio a lot of you know, championship talk and uh, loudmouth, uh, overconfident uh, spiels. But there seems to be something missing tactically in the way they are executing on the field as well as how they are being coached. Yeah. The other thing too is I think uh, this is true in all sports, but especially in football, teams figure you out, man. I mean, it just takes them a year or two. If you start, if you're too repetitive, if you don't have the talent to actually say this is what i'm doing and still do it you know some teams some stars are that good right you may know what lebron james is going to do it doesn't mean you're going to stop him Uh, but if you are not that good in the nfl they just figure you out it looks like you know that's what going back to our um, talk about new england patriots and the hoodie them winning like 13 or 14 afc championship or whatever right 15 years it's just that's why it's amazing that's like a super dynasty because in the nfl it's almost like you are good for three years you are a dynasty that's uh, right yeah that's right of course speaking of bill belichick i guess got out coached by uh uh, Ryan last weekend, that was a shocker. Um, one of my confidence leagues, I had given him 15 points. I was actually going to switch it out because he, we also heard about Jimmy Garoppolo not playing at the end, right, at the last minute. So I was still going to pick them to win, but I was going to bump them down. But, you know, that was amazing that he got shut out. Yeah, you know, and this is, uh, this is I guess, a, a, a mark of how much one reveres Belichick that even in that loss and the odd way the whole Garoppolo versus Brissett on who's starting and all that was kind of uh, orchestrated made me almost think that Belichick may have done it on purpose, not the game, not losing the game. Mm-hmm. But it almost felt like he told Garoppolo that, hey, listen, we've built up your resume. Everyone thinks you are a star QB. Now sit your ass down. We are going to trade you. And, you know, it's okay if we lose this game because Brady's back next week. And obviously, I'm saying all of this facetiously. But still, yeah. part of me feels that that loss is exactly what the Patriots needed because Belichick basically got slapped on his face at home. And now, I'm now really worried if I was any team facing the Patriots from this point onwards. Though I have to say, you know this in our league, right? I have both uh, Brady and Carr. And 
Speaking of Carson Palmer, I think when they age and when it goes, it kind of goes fast. Not that I'm saying it is already gone for Carson Palmer. He has already always been shaky. Maybe he's again going through a shaky stretch. So I'm, a, I'm not yet giving up on Carr as my backup, right? Because I want to see Brady come in and do well. I'm sure he will do well. But uh, at some point, it's going to go away, right? He's getting up there in age. Last year, Peyton Manning completely fell off the match. Yeah. Uh, even though he won a Super Bowl, he was basically uh, worthless uh, as a fantasy quarterback. I shouldn't say worthless, but nowhere near his uh, you know, draft value, right? Yeah, so I, 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 I agree with you. And in fact, speaking specifically of the, the fantasy team that you refer to, I think it's also somewhat, I guess, relative that in case if you are... Uh, uh, you know, standby quarterback or fill-in quarterback for the first four weeks was, say, Joe Flacco or, I don't know, Blake Bortles. You probably would have dropped him, in, I mean, you know, or you would have thought stronger about dropping him. But in car, what you have is more than an able backup. You know, in case, right. in the improbable case of right. Brady suddenly sucking, I think <laughs> yeah, and that's actually, good enough. I'm thinking in week five, Maybe I should take your opinion on this, like whether I should actually stick with Carr and start him because it's almost like I'm sure I mean, I'm going to look stupid next week for even doubting <laughs> Brady. But um, yeah, it's a known devil was an unknown angel at this point. Um, especially Who does Carr play? San Diego at home. So. Okay. You know, the thing The thing with, I mean, you know, it's again, the problem is that particular choice is almost in my mind, best left, uh, not discussed. And the reason for that is typically people go a few different ways, right? The one school of thought is never bench your studs. So if you consider Brady a stud, you start him as soon as he's active. Yeah. On the other side, you kind of play the matchups game. But even in that regard, I think the Patriots play Cleveland at home, right? Yes. So, uh, so, play, it may so, be yeah, on the road. It may be on the road. It may be on the road, by the way. Cleveland might be. Oh, is it? Oh, I is think it? So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but, you know, Cleveland is Cleveland, I guess. So, that's, <laughs> and again, you know, doesn't uh, make your choice uh, any easier other than just to think that, hey, listen, Brady was drafted as my, you know, number one quarterback. So, let it be the way it is. Yeah. Well, with that, we should probably transition to more fantasy talk. That is, uh, you know, we were kind of all over the place about the NFL, but that's the beauty of the NFL. There's so many things going on. Uh, any interesting ad drops for uh, our listeners this week, Ravi? I, I, uh, I feel like the same names are circulating again and again. Except yeah. So there are three names uh, that, and I kind of did a general... Uh, you know, rule of thumb while we were or while I was just thinking to myself as to what would be the type of names I should throw out. Uh, and I figured that it should probably be names or players that are currently owned in less than a third of the leagues in the major leagues like ESPN or MFL or Yahoo. Mm -hmm. And there are three names that come to my mind. So if you don't mind, I can, shall I go first? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So the first one is an... <laughs> You'll probably chuckle when you hear this name, but it is the Titan from San Diego, Hunter Henry. <laughs> uh, you know, he played. He has played all 100% of the snaps for San Diego the last two weeks, 
and has looked at least as good, probably better than Gates, the Gates of the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Uh, tight end in Mike McCoy's system in San Diego seems to be a very uh, you know sought after position. And Henry, I think, has had 18 targets and about 11 catches for about 150 yards and a touchdown in two games, which is almost Gatesian in its uh, in its size. So, so what happens when Gates comes back? That's my so, concern. Yeah, to I me, know that's you've been, the only you've limiting factor because you know just to Gates let the list, is week to week. Yeah, just to let the listeners know, by the way, Ravi does have uh, uh, this guy on his roster, and he'll be trying to. <laughs> Trade him aggressively. So my question is, what happens when Gates rolls around? He'll probably be injured again, but he may play a couple more games here and there. So, so you know, so here's here's what, and I agree with you, but the consolation factor there is number one, Gates, according to uh, you know random media uh, snowflakes, appears to be out at least a couple more weeks. So let's say he comes back after two weeks and justifiably regains his starting position. Number one, what is the guarantee that he doesn't get injured again? That's one thing. Second thing is, from the standpoint of the fantasy owner, if you are anyway streaming tight ends, uh, which means basically that you don't have a Reed, uh, an Olsen, a Gronk, or an Eifert, what do you lose by uh, riding the Henry bandwagon for two or three or four weeks and potentially striking gold in case of another Gates injury. So, Hunter Henry is definitely someone that I'm looking to add. Okay, uh, that's fair. Given where it, yeah. yeah. The second guy, uh, yeah, the second guy that I'm thinking of uh, uh, is uh, Eddie Royal. Uh, and I know he's a boring name. Uh, <laughs> obviously, someone that's kind of been at the periphery of uh, wide receiver five consideration in most fantasy leagues for the last like 15 years, it seems like. But, you know, the opportunity mm-hmm. here seems to be interesting. Last week, obviously, he had a big day. But I'm not saying all of this because of that. It, I'm saying this because it appears that he seems to have the best chemistry with Hoyer. Uh, White seems to be uh, injured now. Jeffrey always seems to be injured. So, to me, at worst... Eddie Royal has, uh, you know, his second wide receiver in the slot position in Chicago available at best, you know, and God forbid that actually happens. But you might have Eddie Royal as the wide receiver to own in Chicago. So, to me, he's the second guy. Okay. That's an interesting name. I've I've trusted him a lot in the past and got burnt. So, I'm not going to endorse your pick, but it's, uh, you know, it's at, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a waiver ad. You know, as long yeah. as you're not dropping Julio and Jones to pick him up, it's a good good <laughs> pick for sure. And, you know, my last guy is, again, not the most exciting name, but it's Bilal Powell. Uh, <laughs> last week, he outsnapped uh, Forte. Uh, also, there seemed to be some reports that Forte was taken uh, in a cart from the locker room after the game. Now, oh. it, there seems to be no update on it uh, anywhere in the news over the last two days. Uh, but, you know, given a bunch of facts, Forte being at the age he is, the amount of work he got in the first two weeks, and the fact that he seemed to have gotten dinged up, uh, to me presents a good opportunity for an owner who's not a Forte owner to just pick up Powell and see where it goes. If Powell becomes the running back in uh, for the Jets. Uh, he's going to be a PPR monster. So, he yeah. would be the third guy I would recommend. Yeah. Speaking of the Jets, by the way, that's another team that's 1-3. and three. Not that 
I was expecting them to win the Super Bowl. But they'll start balls there, our ex-Arizona guy. I, I'm a little bit disappointed for them as well. Yeah, and then, I mean, what do you think? To me, the complete, uh, I mean, it seems to be uh, like uh, completely caused by uh, the idiotic quarterback play, right? Yeah, he has like, what, nine interceptions in two games? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, nine in two games. Yeah, that guy is, when he's good, he's really good, and then he's uh, bad at crucial moments. He's a very right. interesting uh, challenge for uh, teams and coaches to get behind. Anyway, so those are good picks. Um, for me, uh, it's funny. Last week, remember you casually mentioned Paul Perkins? <laughs> yep, yep. That guy broke a big um, uh, catch and run yesterday, which is interesting. I feel I'm a little bit scared for uh, Rashad Jennings right now because he's injured. And then he got these Arlene's Darkwa, and then Paul Perkins had this big one. And I think they signed um, Bobby Rainey too, right? Bobby Rainey is running around as well. Yeah. So that's a situation people may want to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know if Paul Perkins deserves an ad. Probably not. I think Arlene's Dark War is probably still the guy there if Rashad Jennings help to uh, lose some carries too. But I feel like that's fast moving towards a running back by committee situation, even though at the beginning of the season, the idea was to let Rashad Jennings do his thing. So that's a situation that probably needs uh, close attention moving forward. Any, any that's, thoughts? A, that's a very smart uh, pick, Garvin, because also, if you remember a couple of episodes ago, you and I were discussing about how management, and this probably applies to any organization, management likes its own guys. And Paul Perkins was a was a pick of the current uh, administration. So yeah. it kind of almost behooves them. And he looked pretty good in his, uh, in his run yesterday. Uh, yeah, he, he's got the tools. It looks like he has the physical tools as well as uh, the, you know, given opportunity, he might, he might be a nuisance. So somebody right. to keep an eye on. Um, the other guy staying in New York, I think uh, this guy is probably gone in most leagues, but Quincy Inanua, right? I, I, am yep. I saying his name right? So yep. that that guy is obviously somebody as well to be uh, closely, should be added actually, I think, because even with the healthy Decker and Brandon Marshall, he has been a good, productive number three. Now with these guys beginning to get injured and all that, you know, when... Fitzpatrick turns it around, this guy is going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. Um, and then, if you're looking for a quarterback, I think Carson Wentz might be a good one. If, uh, uh, you know, instead of trading for a quarterback or something like that, uh, Carson Wentz might be worth an ad as well. Yeah, and you know, Carson Wentz is, uh, it has been a true surprise because it's not like they're holding Right, I mean, a couple of deep throws in every game, yeah. uh, and coupled with the fact that he doesn't make boneheaded mistakes, so yeah, he's I guess a pretty safe quarterback uh, uh, to own. Right. So those are my recommendations. I, I'm not too excited uh, for ad drops this week, but those are some of the names. Uh, of course, Justin Forsett got cut, uh, but last week we had already asked people, I guess, to. Add uh, Kenneth Dixon and uh, Terrence West obviously was probably already 
in most rosters, so that situation is, should be taken care of. Uh, but if he's still available, Kenneth Dixon is still a great add. Um, those are my uh, ad drop topics. Um, I also wanted to touch on something else, Ravi, which is slightly related to trade value in some ways. But basically, what I'm saying is now that you know we have finished four weeks, it's almost I'm almost sad to say this, but 25% of the season is done. Uh, NFL flies by quickly. And if you're talking fantasy, we are almost 33% done. Can you believe yep. that? <laughs> That is crazy. I mean, time is flying. Yeah, and then now we are looking at the top of the chart performers. There are some interesting names. I call them the new elites, right? I want to talk about how legit these guys are. And you, another way to look at it is, would you trade for them or do you think they're overachieving and would you sell them high, right? Yep. For instance... Uh, Matt Ryan is the obvious quarterback pick. He's like right up there. And I don't think he was even drafted in the first five rounds in most of the uh, league. Um, what do you think? I think he is here to stay. I think uh, everything seems to be going for him and usually he sucks on the road. But uh, this year he's doing better on the road as well. Um, I think he's legit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And last weekend was uh, an eye-opener, the way he demolished Carolina's uh, defense. And I know Josh Norman not being there anymore has severely weakened their secondary. But still, you know, there were a lot of naysayers as far as Ryan was concerned after the first three weeks, talking about their cupcake matchups thus far. But he demolished Carolina. And the other thing is, right, essentially if one looks at it from the perspective of the team he's playing for versus the team he's playing against, you know, sometimes I feel people with quarterbacks, they worry too much about who they are playing against versus yeah. who does he have on his team. And in that regard, when you have a Julio Jones, when you have a Devonta Freeman and a Devin Coleman catching back passes out of the backfield, yeah. uh, you know, you are anyway serviceable. And on top of it, I think Ryan's been a tier one quarterback for a while until maybe the last year, year and a half. So, I think he's just regained his yeah. stature back and he's here to stay. Right, right. He was awesome a few years back. Um, so, it's not an entirely uh, surprising turnaround for him. Um, how about um, Marvin Jones and Crabtree? On the receiver side, these guys are up there, right? I think they're right now three and four, depending on your scoring uh, uh, if policy, whether it's CPR or not. It could be a little different, but they're up there in the top five. Um, those are interesting. So, Marvin Jones, Detroit, obviously, and Mike uh, Crabtree with the Raiders. To me, Crabtree is a little bit more legit in the sense that Raiders are looking good and I think Derek uh, Carr is good and I, I think that offense is at least legit. If they have problems, they're going to have problems on the defensive side of the ball. Marvin Jones has been even more impressive, but I am still a little bit uh, of a wait and watch on it just because of the... He always tends to have these huge uh, ups and downs, right? So maybe he's going through a huge up right now. Uh, I think he's going to be better than his inconsistent self uh, that he was in Cincinnati. But 
I am still a little bit of a wait and watch on it. What's your take on, on those yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you on Crabtree, so I won't go into any further elaboration on him. As far as Marvin Jones, to me, he's an ideal sell high right now. His stock wouldn't be any higher. So if someone can get like a legitimate number two running back for him, uh, I, if I was the Marvin Jones owner, I would do the trade. Uh, because, you know, there are two things here. Number one, I, he has these boom and bust weeks. And it seems like he had one mega gigantic week yeah. and a couple of really good ones. But I think there is a little bit of an inflation there, coupled with the fact that he has Stafford throwing to him. And Stafford can as easily go 300 yards and three touchdowns as he can, like, whatever he did last week, which was 200 yards and a couple of INTs. So... Uh, Car, on the other hand, safer bet to keep feeding Crabtree. Uh, and Crabtree is, by the way, a lot more potent of a red zone threat than Amari Cooper on his team. Yeah. So, Crabtree seems legit. Marvin Jones, sell a high for me. Yeah. What, is, what, what about uh, on the running back side, Melvin Gordon and Carlos side? They're doing decent. Um, what do you think? So, Carlos Hyde looks like a legitimate talent. It, 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 I almost feel sorry for him. I don't like San Francisco. I mean, I, I mean being a Cardinals fan, we obviously have this uh, discord with the 49ers, but that doesn't still discount the fact that Carlos Hyde seems really talented and he's stuck in a really crappy situation. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, seems like a very mediocre talent who is in a gorgeous opportunity situation. I mean, last weekend, I, I happened to catch that New Orleans-San Diego game, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. a great extent. And I couldn't believe the fact that this guy had, what, 19 carries for 35 yards against New Orleans and obviously ended up getting fantastic uh, fantasy numbers uh, thanks to his couple of touchdowns. And he does catch the ball well. But to me, he's one of those who's totally uh, making hay uh, in the in the, in the in the opportune aspect of the fact that he's their only running back. Yeah, I I um, I might differ a little bit with you on that. To me, I, even though I agree with what's going on with both of them in terms of talent and opportunity, uh, to me that's going to continue. Uh, I think Gordon is going to be consistent throughout the season and be really good because of the reasons you enumerated, right? Hyde, I am a little bit concerned that even though he's, he's the only talented guy probably on that offense, uh, <laughs> honestly, the other 10 around him should be like on the bench. And, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I think it, this situation can go south in a hurry. Uh, they're talking about, there's a lot of murmur about Kaepernick should be playing and things like that. You know, when losses pile up, that offense may go from bad to worse. So, I'm a lot more confident about Melvin Gordon. I'll keep him. I'll probably try to trade Carlos Hyde. Of course, we are just making these comments uh, at a very high level, right? It's really hard to trade good starting running backs in yes, <laughs> unless you have a good alternative, uh, which is unlikely at this uh, point. But if you can afford to sell high, then to me, Carlos Hyde might be... A sell high or maybe a sell medium. I don't know how high he is in people's mind, but he's yeah. uh, he's pretty high in the ranking. And Gordon, I think, can continue this for quite a while, and unless he gets hurt. Yeah, and and Gordon, to your point, I agree that he's been a bonanza given where his ADP was at draft time versus 
obviously his current stature as maybe a top 5 running back yeah definitely cool i think that wraps up all we wanted to hit on the nfl as well as the fantasy side of things so maybe time to uh, roll into our pucker files uh, where we hit on some uh, other topics that caught our attention or uh, high on our uh, agenda um do you want to go first ravi sure thing arvin yeah. so here are my five pakka fives for the day uh, i'll start with again a completely alternate sport cricket uh, india beat new zealand in this two test series that uh, they were just playing and ended up or have ended up as the number one team in test cricket for what it's worth and i must admit my interest in cricket is waning by the day but for what it's worth it's interesting that uh, the two teams that are kind of combating for the number one position are india and pakistan and these are two teams who i guess about 18 months ago were at the bottom of the top tier test teams or cricket top tier cricket teams so so that's nice to see i mean it is it is again as i said cricket is uh, not the apple of my eye as far as sports is concerned but it's nice to see that india and indian sports is number one at something nice yeah. uh my second point coming back to football is um uh, you know often times or most times the worst teams in the nfl are also one of the most boring ones like no one wants to watch uh, those teams play the exception seems to be this year where i don't know if they are the worst team in the league but cleveland definitely would qualify as one of what the three worst teams but they are a lot of fun i feel like you know even on red zone when they show uh, uh, cleveland game action there seems to be something happening and they have some quirky eccentric exciting talent like crowell <laughs> keeps getting these long runs out of nowhere prior obviously has come out of nowhere and become like a multi faceted offensive weapon Cody Kessler who everyone was totally mocking and trolling seems to be rather decent i mean he's not you know thrown six interceptions like Fitzpatrick and the defense uh, seems to again be steady if not uh, you know destroy destroying so overall i feel cleveland is probably one of the worst or one of the most fun worst teams that i remember uh, during my time watching the nfl that's interesting i felt the same way about the jackson you last year <laughs> oh yeah 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 i mean that was again a blake portals fantasy owner bonanza right they would yeah. fall fall behind by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and then collect a bunch of garbage points right <laughs> so the third thing that i wanted to talk about was uh, related to well actually it's a multi sport thing but it has a common thread and that is arizona uh last week not this past week but the week before i saw again on red zone anquan bolden catch a touchdown um uh, and, and and one of the things that immediately struck me was that i didn't even realize he had joined the lions this year i still remember him from san fran and then before that with the the ravens and it appears that while a lot of hype and uh Uh, hot of the press uh, news items have been devoted to Fitzgerald and rightfully so and Calvin Johnson again very justifiably Bolden seems to have been that understated performer who is totally performed at a very consistent steady level over more than a decade and gets forgotten when people talk about okay who are some of the best wide receivers in the last 10 12 years 
Right. So, and in that sense, I was thinking, because I remember his Arizona years, even the year when they went to the Super Bowl and Fitz caught fire in the playoffs, Bolden is the one that it seemed like always had the crunch touchdowns, then that game against the Jets where his face basically got broken and still he played the following week. Bolden was kind of the, the heart and soul of those Arizona teams, it seems like. Um, so, and in that regard, someone that I felt was an analogy to him in a different sport, Arizona-related, is Sean Marion when he was with the Suns. All the hype was around Nash, Stoudemire, uh, and it seems like Marion was the third prong of that trio. And uh, if, if I may be wrong, but correct me if I am, it seemed like he also had started feeling uh, you know, discontented about that, that he wasn't regarded as one of the three superstars. But to me, yeah, that way, true. it was interesting and ironical that two Arizona long-standing players had, have some kind of a similar trajectory in their sporting life. That's a very interesting comparison. I love that. So, and then my fourth point is around, again, coming back to football, uh, I was watching Monday Night Football uh, last night and... Uh, Odell Beckham, man, for a guy that's so talented, he is a crybaby. I mean, it's now, what, two or three weeks in a row that he's had an issue with his opponent or he's crying to the officials or he's crying at the end of the game. I mean, it's okay to be expressive and emotive. Des Bryant is, again, another example, but I almost feel like Des looks like Gandhi compared to OBJ. <laughs> I mean, Odell Beckham seems to spend more time emotionally... Uh, uh, you know, uh, subjecting subjecting himself and others to this totally juvenile uh, reaction, uh, and, and almost seems to forget who he is. I mean, he needs to have his uh, stature intact as a premier football player. And I also heard that today on his periodic radio show or weekly radio show, he said that he is not having fun with football anymore, which wow. is okay for someone who's played for ten years to still establishing himself. So, wow. he is my fourth Baka 5. And then my last one, Arvind, is around this uh, really cool website called Fantasy Pros that I know you and I, I have both talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all that we spend our time on in terms of fantasy football and, uh, you know, checking up different sites on rankings every week and aggregators and trying to figure out what might be good trades or good waiver uh, wire ads. It seems like this site is like a gold mine with what it provides, you know, it kind of grades you against other teams in your league, uh, suggests what might be the best trades for you and so on and so forth. So, uh, I've loved the experience of using Fantasy Pros this year. I'm not saying they are entirely correct or precise, but it still makes the Monday through Saturday time period during football uh, season that much more enjoyable. Cool. That's a good list. I love your uh, Bolden uh, Marion comparison. That's uh, really nice. Uh, I think all Arizona fans can relate to that. Um, here's my list. Uh, okay. So it's time for uh, uh, Major League Baseball uh, playoffs. Uh, you, we don't talk much about baseball in this show, but uh, tomorrow there's a Giants Mets uh, wild card game. One game and winner-take-all type situation with Madison Bumgarner pitching for uh, the Giants and Noah Syndergaard uh, pitching for the Mets. That should be a great matchup. The pitching matchup is just sensational and I would recommend people check it out. And Madison Bumgarner, right, I mean, he's the guy you want on the mound if there is just one game you want to win. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, he's like the Michael Jordan of uh, playoff baseball the last four or five years. And I'm really curious to see what he does. Staying on the wildcard topic, I really am loving the new wildcard format that uh, baseball has. Typically, I don't like expanding the pool and putting in more teams in. And I think, for instance, basketball and hockey let too many teams in. The regular season is almost useless. It's just a seeding exercise. More than half the teams make it to the playoffs. Uh, football also, in my opinion, lets a little bit too many teams in, but they can get away with it because the regular season is so short and every game means so much anyways. They allow six from each conference. Uh, in baseball, it used to be two per uh, league and then it became uh, four and then now they let five teams in. But the beauty is there are the three division winners and then the two wildcard actually play against each other in a one-game winner-take-all situation. And then the winner almost, it's like they're, you know, it's an honor to be in the top tier of playoff teams and they almost earn their way into it. I like that because it raises the bar to get into that final set of four teams per league. And by playing this extra game, teams do get disadvantage. For instance, Madison Bumgarner, even if the Giants win, would not be available to pitch game one in the next yep. round. I think that's a good, that gives a, you know inbuilt edge to those teams that won the division. At the same time, it allows the wildcard teams to be in contention as well. So I think they have done a, finally, after many years, baseball has done something semi-smart with this wildcard expansion. My third point is jumping to another sport. The NBA, I can't believe, is already on. The preseason started. Uh, Ravi, I don't know if you caught any of the news, but uh, it's going to be amazing in this area, especially with the Warriors' hype. Both uh, yep. Ravi and myself live here in the Bay Area. Uh, let's see how it goes. I'm really excited to see the Warriors locally. And my fourth point, staying on topic, is the Suns uh, announced their starting five. Uh, it's basically Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker, um, TJ Warren, uh, Dudley, and Tyson Chandler. Um, I'm excited. I, I don't think that team is going to do much. In fact, I'm not even sure by the end of the season they will defeat their own bench if it stays the same. <laughs> But I'm really, really excited to see the bench because it has the kids, Dragon Bender and Marquis Chris. And on top of that, Brevin Knight is going to be coming out the bench and Alex Lem is there. It's really this, the better story there is the bench. Uh, hopefully the bench develops and by the end of the season, some of those guys are on, on the starting lineup. Um, what do you think about that starting lineup, by the way? You know, I like it, and I, I also was thinking that it almost seems like uh, an embarrassment of uh, uh, riches in some way. I know they don't have any superstars, but I agree with you. Their bench might be better than their starting lineup. Yeah, and it is. You know, it's it's funny because it almost seems like their team is built like how some of these uh, kids' rec leagues, recreational leagues, uh, function <laughs> where. The first, the starters play the first quarter, then everyone on the bench plays the next quarter, and then they flip and flop, 
I mean, it almost seems like they could do that given who they have on the bench. They might by game number 50 or something. <laughs> who knows? That was my fourth point. And the last one is, uh, most people might have noticed, Monday Night Football has lost uh, Mike uh, Tirico. He has moved on to NBC. I think he's going to take over from... Uh, Bob Costas when he right. walked away. So that's a great pick. I love my Chirico. But his replacement is Sean McDonough. Do, do you know his uh, son's GM, Ryan McDonough's brother? Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, that that's right. yeah, that McDonough family has really built a, built a career out of sports. I wish my family was like that. <laughs> But anyway, so I, I'm still getting used to this guy. He's supposed to be really good. Um, I, I think it's going to work out, but for now it sounds a little weird, Sean McDonough and uh, John Gruden. But I thought uh, it it's, uh, feels a little different from the old Mike Tirico, John Gruden uh, chemistry, and I hope it works out because this guy, you know, not to knock on him, he is pretty good. Um, and let's see how that works out down the road. So those are my five points. I think that brings us to the end of the show. Um, Hope to do this again soon, Ravi. Yeah, and Arvind, uh, I know that you are traveling across the seas in a couple of days. Uh, have a fantastic trip. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with you and the rest of our audience uh, next week, possibly. Yep. See you then. <laughs>